Hello, this is Paul Rowley, journalist, broadcaster and Wigan Athletic supporter since the age of 13. I was born in North Ashton, went to St John Rigby Grammar School at Oral and first went to Springfield Park on Saturday, March the 30th, 1968, partly for family reasons. My cousin Derek Floyd played for the club, although he wasn't a regular. He was a defender who played part-time being a young teacher. I saw him before the game. He was listed in the match programme for what I imagined was the ultimate derby. Wigan versus St Helens. No, not the rugby. We were facing St Helens Town in the semi-final of the Lancashire Junior Cup. It cost sixpence to go in. And when I say sixpence, I mean a tanner. Two and a half pence these days. We won 1-0 thanks to a girl from Bert Llewellyn, who I was privileged to meet many years later. I'm told it was the worst game of the season. Derek didn't even play in the end as well, but for some reason, I was hooked, even though we finished the campaign eighth in the Cheshire League, so it wasn't altogether a glorious beginning, although I did see Derek in two cup finals during that campaign. We won the Lancashire Junior Cup at Deepdale, where we beat Marine from the Cheshire League 2-0, Dare I admit, I even ran on the pitch at the end to congratulate him. And then he came on as substitute when we lost 5-0 at Southport, who were then in the old third division in the second leg of the Northern Floodlit League Cup. But that was Derek's last game for the club. He was moving to the northeast, but it was the first game in charge for Ian McNeil, someone I had the pleasure of knowing in his two spells with the club. Most of my pals, though, followed Wigan Rugby, all they supported one of the four footballing giants within a 20-mile radius. Manchester United were about to lift their first ever European Cup. Manchester City became league champions. And at the other end of the East Lanks Road, Everton and Liverpool had both won the First Division title and the FA Cup in previous seasons. So there weren't that many Latix regulars at John Rigby. Indeed, we had more Chorley fans in the school because it had a large catchment area. The following season, there was lots of expectation. It was the start of the Northern Premier League, bringing together the best non-league clubs in the north of England. But it meant that admission prices for kids like me were increased fourfold to two shillings. That was a lot of money for a schoolboy. So my mum and dad decided to buy me a season ticket ahead of my birthday in September. It cost 30 bob, uh, £1.50 these days, which entitled me to see 19 Northern Premier League games and 19 reserve matches in the Lancashire combination. For Christmas, my parents bought me a club scarf and a bobcap, as they used to call them. Over the next five years, I only missed one home game in the league, a 3-2 victory over Altingham, as it happens. And that was because I'd been off school all week with a cold, and even though I'd recovered by the weekend, my mum wouldn't let me go because she thought I could get into trouble because some of my teachers went to the matches. But I became obsessed with Wigan Athletic. I was a season ticket holder right up to leaving school. I put all the cuttings from the Wigan Observer and some from the Evening Post and Chronicle in scrapbooks, which I've still got. They remain very useful research material for the articles I've written over the years. I used to wait outside the entrance after most home matches as well to get autographs. In fact... I was the only one. Uh, My mum let me go to some away games, but only ones within easy reach, like Altrincham, Macclesfield, Runcorn, Northwich, 
and South Liverpool. But the Eastway coach would pick us up and drop us off at the end of the road, so I was pretty safe. And there weren't that many kids of my age on the coach, other than one lad who was a year younger. We got talking. His name was Ian McNeil. That's Ian McNeil Jr., the manager's son. So I got into some away games for free, thanks to the boss. The furthest I travelled was Stafford Rangers, where I saw as Lithley our first Northern Premier League title on Easter Monday 1971. By then, Gordon Milne was player manager, and I still feel it's a tragedy that that side wasn't promoted to the Football League. After all, we only lost two league games all season. I actually did my first piece of journalism, thanks to Wigan Athletic. The following year, in 1972, I was in the sixth form. I wrote to Derek Fuller, the general manager, to bemoan the lack of media coverage of our reserve side and he duly published it in full, taking up the entirety of the opening page of the match programme, it was the one against Macclesfield, in his comment column. Indirectly, that helped me when I applied to become a student journalist in 1973 at the Harris College at Preston when I was doing my A-levels. And the man who interviewed me for the course, Ian Hargraves, took a shine to me and a year later offered me a job at the Southport Visitor as a news reporter, with a bonus I could also do sport. He sent me to the Bootle Times to cover Bootle Football Club, who'd just been elected to the Lancashire Combination. The timing was perfect, because shortly afterwards, commercial radio arrived in Liverpool, with Radio City coming on the air that autumn. A brochure came through the door saying they'd be covering not just Everton and Liverpool and their lower league sides, but non-league football. Well... I was immersed in non-league. So I phoned them up, uh, spoke to Elton Wellsby, who later became the voice of ITV football. And unexpectedly, after just three months as a journalist, he said, can he come in uh, and do a weekly non-league roundup for us? So on that first weekend, on October the 26th, 1974, just out of my teens, I broadcast on their first sports programme. After a fortnight... They asked me also to co-present a Sunday sports programme, which I did for the next four years, by which time I joined the station full-time after my newspaper apprenticeship. I stayed for ten years, became the local government editor, covering the biggest political story outside Westminster, when the militant tendency were effectively running Liverpool City Council. I was lucky. I won a shed load of awards for covering it, and in 1987 I was approached by uh, the National Network Independent Radio News to join them as political correspondent at Westminster. So I, I was then on every commercial radio station in the country. I stayed for six years and crossed the floor to join the BBC to do a similar job for them in 1994 and stayed for the next 28 years and I still carried on covering football most weekends wherever I've been. The first game I covered on air though was at Springfield Park. It was December the 14th, 1974, an FA Cup second round tie against Mansfield Town. There were 15,500 people in the ground but there was no press box as such and no phone so I had to file my first reports to Radio City from the public phone box in the Springfield 
Springfield Hotel, which is a five-minute walk away from the stadium, or a two-minute run, which I did several times during the course of the game. The match finished one all, and thankfully, I saw both goals. But it's quite a baptism to do your first outside broadcast from a local hostelry. And they say journalists spend too much time in pubs, but in this case, it was purely in the line of duty. The next time we faced a football league side at Springfield, though, in the FA Cup was 1977. By then, Ian McNeil was back at the club. We still didn't have a proper press box at Springfield, so uh, Ian kindly let me use the phone in his office when we beat York City and then Sheffield Wednesday. And that FA Cup run, I reckon, helped us in our seemingly futile and never-ending campaign to gain admission to the fourth division, which we did the following season in, in 1978. And again, Ian was an absolute gent. And he asked uh, Arthur Horrocks, the chairman, and said, I could travel on the team coach to Hereford United to see our first game. A goalless draw at Edgar Street, where I was the only radio reporter present in the ground that day. I thought it was the best day of my life. My first TV game also involved Wigan for World of Sport on ITV, presented by the great Dickie Davis. January 1984, we lost 1-0 at West Ham when Harry McNally was manager. And when I joined the BBC, uh, my first game for Radio Manchester, or BBC GMR as it was then called, was on the opening day of the season... In 1995, we lost 2-1 at Gillingham. Graham Barrow was in charge, but it was a significant occasion. Roberto Martinez scored on his debut in the first game for the Three Amigos, as they came to be known. And when we got to the Premier League a decade later, in 2005, uh, Radio Manchester asked me to do the away games initially, and then both home and away. And that's something I've been doing right up to the present day. So... I've been immensely privileged not only to have the best seat in the house, but to be paid for watching my team, including every round of the FA Cup, in the season where we won the trophy in 2013. And it's still such an amazing privilege for a club with an extraordinary history. 46 years in non-league, 25 years in the lower divisions, and then all of a sudden, with the help of Dave Whelan being catapulted into the Premier League, where we stayed for eight years, winning the FA Cup along the way. And since that glorious day at Wembley, May the 11th, 2013, we've been relegated four times, promoted three times as League One champions, reached the semi-final of both the FA Cup and the Championship playoffs, played in Europe went into administration, were docked 12 points, survived relegation to the fourth tier by just a point and almost went out of business. Yeah, it's never dull being a Wigan Athletics supporter. It is a fairy tale. The Hans Christian Andersen, the Brothers Grimm, even Roald Dahl couldn't have written. And that's why it is such a unique club. So, so thank you, Wigan Athletic. You have given me so much pleasure for so much, for so long. I've hardly paid a penny to watch you. I've been paid for watch, for the pleasure. Uh, and even though I've not always covered the Latics during an extraordinary life in journalism, all roads eventually do lead back to my hometown of Wigan. So I'll finish by saying, UTFT, up the flipping ticks. That's what it stands for, doesn't it?